Section One of the Boys and Girls Pliny, Volume Two. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by phone. The Boys and Girls Pliny, Volume Two, by Pliny the Elder. Book Three, Man, His Birth and His Organization, Chapter One, Man remarkable as is the present state of the world and of the countries nations seas islands and cities which it contains the nature of the animated beings which exist upon it is hardly in any degree less worthy of our contemplation than its other features if indeed the human mind is able to embrace the whole of so diversified a subject our first attention is justly due to man for whose sake all other things appear to have been produced by nature though on the other hand with so great and so severe penalties for the enjoyment of her bounteous gifts that it is far from easy to determine whether she has proved to him a kind parent or a merciless stepmother in the first place she obliges him alone of all animated beings to clothe himself with the spoils of the others while to all the rest she has given various kinds of coverings such as shells crusts spines hides fur bristles hair down feathers scales and fleeces the very trunks of the trees even she has protected against the effects of heat and cold by a bark which is in some cases twofold man alone at the very moment of his birth cast naked upon the naked earth she abandons to cries to lamentations and a thing that is the case with no other animal whatever to tears this too from the very moment that he enters upon existence but as for laughter why by hercules to laugh if but for an instant only has never been granted to man before the fortieth day from his birth and even then it is looked upon as a miracle of precocity introduced thus to the light man has fetters and swathings instantly put upon all his limbs footnote we may hence conclude that the practice of swathing young infants in tight bandages prevailed at rome in the time of pliny as it still does in france End of footnote. a thing that falls to the lot of none of the brutes even that are born among us born to such singular good fortune there on his back lies the animal which is destined to command all the others fast bound hand and foot and weeping aloud such being the penalty which he has to pay on beginning life and that for the sole fault of having been born alas for the folly of those who can think after such a beginning as this that they have been born for the display of vanity the earliest presage of future strength the earliest bounty of time confers upon him naught but the resemblance to a quadruped footnote this reminds us of the terms of the riddle proposed to oedipus by the sphinx what being is that which with four feet has two feet and three feet and only one voice but its feet vary and when it has most it is weakest to which he answered 
that it is man who is a quadruped in childhood two-footed in manhood and moving with the aid of a staff in old age End of footnote. how soon does man gain the power of walking how soon does he gain the faculty of speech how soon is his mouth fitted for mastication how long are the pulsations of the crown of his head to proclaim him the weakest of all animated beings and then the diseases to which he is subject the numerous remedies which he is obliged to devise against his maladies and those thwarted every now and then by new forms and features of disease while other animals have an instinctive knowledge of their natural powers some of their swiftness of pace some of their rapidity of flight and some again of their power of swimming man is the only one that knows nothing that can learn nothing without being taught he can neither speak nor walk nor eat in short he can do nothing at the prompting of nature only but weep for this it is that many have been of opinion that it were better not to have been born or if born to have been annihilated at the earliest possible moment to man alone of all animated beings has it been given to grieve to him alone to be guilty of luxury and excess and that in modes innumerable man is the only being that is a prey to ambition to avarice to an immoderate desire of life to superstition he is the only one that troubles himself about his burial and even what is to become of him after death by none is life held on a tenure more frail none are more influenced by unbridled desires for all things none are sensible of fears more bewildering none are actuated by rage more frantic and violent other animals in fine live at peace with those of their own kind we only see them unite to make a stand against those of a different species the fierceness of the lion is not expended in fighting with its own kind the sting of the serpent is not aimed at the serpent footnote this is contrary to facts now well known End of footnote. and the monsters of the sea even and the fishes vent their rage only in those of a different species but with man by hercules most of his misfortunes are occasioned by man footnote it was this feeling that prompted the common saying among the ancients homo homini lupus man to man is a wolf and most true it is that man's inhumanity to man makes countless thousands mourn End of footnote what is there that does not appear marvellous when it comes to our knowledge for the first time how many things too are looked upon as quite impossible until they have been actually effected but it is the fact that every moment of our existence we are distrusting the power and the majesty of nature if the mind instead of grasping her in her entirety considers her only in detail not to speak of peacocks the spotted skins of tigers and panthers and the rich colours of so many animals a trifling thing apparently to speak of but of inestimable importance when we give it due consideration is the existence of so many languages among the various nations 
so many modes of speech so great a variety of expressions that to another a man who is of a different country is almost the same as no man at all and then too the human features and countenance although composed of but some ten parts or a little more are so fashioned that among so many thousands of men there are no two in existence who cannot be distinguished from one another a result which no art could possibly have produced when confined to so limited a number of combinations in most points however of this nature i shall not be content to pledge my own credit only but shall confirm it in preference by referring to my authorities which shall be given on all subjects of a nature to inspire doubt my readers however must make no objection to following the greeks who have proved themselves the most careful observers as well as of the longest standing End of section 1. Recording by phone.